All right, good morning, everybody. This is Mike, and it is December something, December 22nd, I guess. So we are officially now in the winter, and I am on my way to work. Uh, we are in our, obviously, fourth week of Advent. This is the week of Christmas. So today in Japan, it's Wednesday. Uh, which means uh, in the States, it's still Tuesday, Tuesday evening, I suppose, Tuesday night. Anyway, uh, Christmas Eve is Friday, and then uh, Christmas Day is Saturday, so we are, we're almost there. The most wonderful time of the year is what they say. And uh, I've been up since before 5 a.m. today, so I'm going to be a little bit chatty, I have a feeling. This is what happens, what's probably good for the uh, podcast. Uh, but I'm really deep. Uh, actually, I'm in the last chapter of When Everything's on Fire uh, with Brian Zahn. And I think my friend Pat is just about finished, and he may have finished it by now. Um, as of Monday, he was 90-some-odd percent finished, so he's probably finished. I, I bet the last 10%'s bibliography anyway. Uh, anyway, man, it's proving to be a great book uh, and really timely for any time, but it, even, even timely for Christmas, I'm enjoying it. Uh, there's just a lot of great stuff in it. Um, I recommend this book if you, if you are in some... Uh, you know, on some level, deconstructing in your faith, questioning your faith, uh, trying to reevaluate what it is you uh, have put your belief in, your trust, your faith. Uh, we that has recently been termed deconstruction, right? Uh, and you know, I've heard people say that, well, it's such a violent word, deconstruction, but actually. Destruction is a violent word. Deconstruction can be quite, um, quite methodical. Um, it's not. It's not the same thing, right? Deconstruction is to uh, to take something apart, right? Construction is to put something together. Destruction. Deconstruction is to take something apart. Destruction is to blow something apart, right? To tear something up to destroy it in the process of disassembling it. But deconstruction is, I, the way I take it, is an orderly disassembly, right? Uh, a way to kind of uncover and reevaluate uh, block by lock, bo block by block, all of the aspects that make up your faith. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a good book about deconstruction. I... I think deconstruction is something that the church, by and large, needs needs to undertake, uh, and it will happen if individuals, more individuals, start to undertake this task of discovering just what it is they uh, believe, uh, and whether or not the things they believe currently are in line with Christ, right, in line with the person of Jesus. And to that end. Uh, today, being the fourth week of Advent, we're going to talk about joy. Uh, and I've been using the term 
uh, deconstruction uh, with this series, this Advent series. Uh, I started with deconstructing peace, and I think, and uh, or hope, deconstructing hope, and and, and, and peace deconstructed, and, and uh, love deconstructed, and now uh, we are going to do something about the the deconstruction of joy. Uh, and you know, it's such a it's such a hard thing, but really, really, I think they all all of these four. Uh, these four themes really could be summed up in Jesus, obviously, right? Um, but joy, I think, is a little bit different, and, and I'm going to explore it, perhaps, in a, in a way that I haven't explored it before. I left joy as the last one, and I know some traditions do that. I know some traditions have different different things as the last theme of Advent. Of course, Christmas, or Christ, or Jesus... Uh, himself, the incarnated Christ, is the, you know, really the last theme, the fifth theme of Christ, the culminating theme, uh, if you will. Uh, but nonetheless, let's talk about joy today. So something that came to me the other day, and I thought that one way that we can kind of think of joy uh, is that the other three themes, hope, peace, and love, are things that we receive in a sense, uh, from from God, from God in Christ, uh, we receive those three things, and then our our response, right? Our response to understanding the hope, the peace, and the love. Our response is joy, right? When we when we we truly start to grasp the all-encompassing hope, peace, and love. And you can throw faith in there somewhere. That God offers us and reveals to us in the incarnated Christ. Our response to all that can be nothing other than joy. There is no other response to it, right? Uh, now, in within joy, you're going to have some, you know, other other feelings, but joy certainly must be the response. Naturally, is the response to understanding just how much hope we can have in Christ, just how much peace He has ushered into His kingdom just how much he has loved us and loved the entire world. As you lean into that and contemplate it and meditate on it and soak it in, your response will be joy. Predicated on the, on the, the prerequisite, predicated on the prerequisite <laughs> that you understand them truthfully, if not wholly, right? So, so perhaps you you understand them, but maybe you're not getting a hundred percent of the quantity, but you're getting a hundred percent of the quality. If that makes any sense at all. Um, for example, there are people that, you know, when contemplating uh, peace. People believe that peace offered by Jesus is qualified, 
right? It has to be qualified. So if you're, if you're living in sin, for example, if you are not obeying the commands, uh, some, some people would say the Ten Commandments, other people would say all of the commandments of the Old Testament, some people would say the commands of Paul, and some would say uh, the commands of Jesus. If you're not obeying the commands, then you are not at peace with God, and in fact, you are his enemy, right? Um, and so you can have a concept of the peace of God and be completely wrong about it, and that peace would not lead to joy. And the reason uh, that, that contemplating that kind of peace does not lead to joy uh, would be that you can't live up to that kind of peace, and you don't live up to, to that kind of peace. You fall short of being worthy uh, of, of God's love, therefore you are not at peace, right? Uh, but those of us who have gone farther and deeper with Christ know that his, his love has no conditions. Uh, it has no prerequisites, right? His love is absolute, and it's absolutely available to all. Uh, and when you know that, when you realize that despite all the things that you may have done and all the mistakes you, you perhaps have made, that his love is offered to you completely, well, then you understand peace better, right? And, and the third theme that I did this year, love, really sheds light on the hope and the peace, right? Um, without, without understanding the love of Christ... Uh, you can't fully understand the hope and the peace either, right? It's all bound up, uh, as I said before, and culminates in the the person of Christ, right? Which is which is a wonderful thing, you know. That's exactly uh, what the world needs. Um, that's that's a beautiful thing, right? And it's complete uh, and it's absolute. And and so yes, you can have you can have uh, corrupted or skewed versions of hope, peace, and love. And if those are not adding up, if though if those are not correct, right? In again, in quality, if not in quantity, if those are not correct, then it's not going to add up to joy for you. Right? It's not going to add up to joy. Um, because it, it adds up to fear and shame. Fear that we're not living up. Right? Shame that we are unable to, to live up to the, um, the example of Christ. Right? But grace, uh, which again, grace is a way to, to, to sum up all of these things, love, hope, and peace. Grace is such that we don't have to live up to Christ. We can be content to know him uh, and be at peace with our status with him. Uh, and we can just bask in his love and, and in his warmth and in the glow of knowing him uh, and have joy. Right? We, we can be joyful. We can be joyful because not only was Christ incarnated at Christmas to save me, but to save the earth entire. Uh, and 
wow, what a wonderful thing. Why, you know, why wouldn't we want to have joy at that? Um, so are you experiencing joy? Not just this Christmas, but, but in, your, in your Christian life in general. Is joy um, a part of who you are? And I have to admit, right, I have to confess that, that my life is not always joyous. I don't. I am not always able to live up to uh, this standard that I just put before you, right? Uh, I have times of doubt, uh, times when when I have fear about, uh, you know, whether I have done enough for my family or re- whether I have enough for myself or my family or, you know, all of these things that that happen as you get older. Um, fear about the future, what's going to happen to me as I get older, you know, retirement and, and all of these things, my health, and, you know, there are all kinds of things that can kind of throw you into a, a place of fear of, uh, you know, uh, foreboding, right, worrying about what's coming. Uh, but as I've told you, if I can go back and really contemplate and meditate on the hope, peace, and love of Christ uh, daily, right? To really, to really realize that, sure, there, there are going to be things that, that are going to happen in my future that will not be pleasant, that may be downright painful. Uh, there may be things I do that, that uh, is not in line with, with the person of Christ, uh, there will be things that uh, are done to me by people I, I trusted, right? I can be betrayed. All kinds of mishaps and misfortune, misfortunes await me in my future. That's just life, right? That's, that's life in this world where sin uh, exists, where sin is, where... Uh, People choose the way of pain and death and shame and suffering over the way of love, right? There, there is collateral damage to that. And sometimes I make choices that direction as well. And of course there are going to be consequences to that. I can't... I will not be spared the consequences of sin that has entered into the world. None of us will be. Um... But that doesn't need to take away from the joy that I have in Christ, the hope that I have in His promises. Promises both for now and promises after death. Promises in the peace, the fact that that Jesus, that Christ, is at peace with me at all times for all time. He has no problems with me nor any other person on the earth. And what he is doing, what he is working on behind the scenes, tirelessly, day in and day out, without rest, is redeeming the entire world. And that is my destination. That is your destination. That is everyone's destination. Redemption. He will do it. When will he do it? I don't know. What's going to happen between now and then? Who can tell? 
but redemption's coming. And that is my destiny and my destination, as well as yours. Uh, And that's comforting, right? It means that, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to depend on myself to prolong my life or the lives of others. I don't have to depend on myself alone to provide for the future of my family. That I can rest and know that Jesus' love means that he is providing for them in all the ways that they need. And what else can we say? You know, what what else can you say about that? So the question is, how do I, you know, how, how can I day-to-day walk in a way that shows that, that my fear is in check? Um, that my shame is in check? That my worry is in check? Right? Uh, that I am more contemplating the love of Jesus uh, as shown when he was incarnated uh, and the way he lived his life. Um, the way he loved people and the way he died on the cross the way he was resurrected the way he ascended, all of it the way that his Holy Spirit now indwells me and indwells us (sighs) excuse me oh no, I think I forgot my cup of coffee question is, where did I forget it? really bad. Huh. Well, I was going to try to sneak a drink of water to help my throat, and I realized I don't have my coffee with me. And I may have put it down somewhere where it's spilling right now. I hope not. <clears throat> be that as it may, all will be well. check this next light to see if I happen to put it on my running board because if I did I'm sure it's not there anymore but if I stop at a light stop at this light that quickly If it was there, it's gone now. <laughs> I wonder where it would have spilled out first. It came off just as I was pulling away. Well, I may not have ever brought it in my car. I don't know. I think I left it there somewhere. Uh, yeah, anyway. The tickle, the tickle has left my throat, so I think I'm okay. Uh, man, where was I? Sorry for that little, uh, brain fart. Yeah, so, how, you know, how can I ensure that I am focused more on, more on the love than the fear? How can I lean more on the love than more uh, on being afraid? Uh, what can I do, right? And I think that's where spiritual practices come in, the practices that have been uh, 
that have been followed by church fathers and the apostles and Jesus himself down through the years uh, that we have inherited. Uh, things such as prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting we know helps. Right? And I've talked about prayer before. Fasting I haven't talked about as much. Um, I think, uh, of course, spending time in uh, Scripture, in the Gospels. Uh, but, you know, there, there's a way to do that that's better than others as well. And I would say uh, begin with the Gospels. Uh, make sure that the Gospels are sol solidly in your grasp before tackling other parts, right? You can read spiritual books on on good, you know, by good authors on various topics. But you can also contemplate and meditate, right? And I think these are probably the same thing. I think the difference between contemplation and meditation uh, is probably, um, at the end of the day, uh, probably pretty minuscule. But anyway, you know, contemplating God's love, sitting and being, you know, being quiet. And if you do these things um, at the beginning of a day, right? If you try to do these things when the when at the beginning of your day, I think, I think your day will be better for it, right? I think. There's something about doing these things in the morning, in the early morning, in the quiet of the morning. And for whatever reason, I've been up a lot uh, the last week or so very early. Today I was up before 5. Um, yesterday I slept in because I was up before 5 many days in a row. <clears throat> yesterday I kind of overslept. But anyway, yeah, today up before 5 again and, you know reading uh, this book and I think these the spiritual practices that we have inherited are the things that people have found down through the years and found to be effective uh, in doing just that staying close to the love of Christ right contemplating our place in the world uh, in the shadow of the love that Christ affords us I'm following a car right now. The license plate is 1225, which is December 25th, which is Christmas, which is kind of interesting. Um, so, yeah, I, I I think there are many ways that we can set ourselves up to, to understand better uh, the hope, peace, love of Christ. And that's going to give us joy, right? The res our response is joy. And yes, I think I think if you want to say it this way, that joy is also a gift of Christ. Like Christ gives us joy, but but I think I think it's enough. I think it's enough to see it as a response of all the other gifts that He gives us. I don't think we're going to have that true joy that that lasts without understanding on some level of truthfulness the love that Christ gives us. And the hope that we can have in that love. And the peace that we have been given uh, from God. That we are at peace with God. And we can be at peace with man, right? So the angels, uh, when they came, they said, glory to God in the highest uh, and on earth, 
goodwill toward men, right? That's been translated as peace, peace toward men, right? God shows that he is at peace with man by sending his only son into the baby Jesus, right? And of course, son is a metaphor by you know how we understand the in- incarnation of Christ. I think you know that is God in the baby, a hundred percent, right? That that God incarnates uh, the body of a human um, in order to, in, you know, so that he can one day die. You know, there there are these bookends of Jesus's life: the birth and then the the death and the, the events that follow the death, right? Um, but without the birth, there is no death. And without the death, uh, the, the life would not have the same significance. I think I think Jesus could have had significance uh, just in the good things he did, right? I think to say that Jesus's life only is significant because he died is, is an overstatement. I think that would... That would um, what do you call it? That would discount the life that Jesus lived on earth, right? The the people he taught, the people he fed and healed and, and gave hope to, right? His life was all important. So to separate, you know, the birth, the life, and the death of Christ into what's more important than the other is kind of a it's it's a silly venture. Right? You, you can't have any of them without the other two, right? You can throw the resurrection and the ascension in there and the, the, uh, you know, the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. You can throw all that together and say, well, yeah, it's all of equal importance because none of it happens without the other steps, right? I suppose. Well, I do have a coffee cup. I can pour myself coffee in that coffee cup. Oh, well. I'm almost to work now. Uh, Yeah, so Joy, I hope your reaction uh, to the hope, peace, and love that you have received in Christ uh, is joy. And if it's not joy, go back and look at those three. Really lean into them really come to a point where they start producing joy in your life because until they do uh, you're probably not getting an accurate look at any of them right the 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 joy is meant to be you know our inheritance as well as the peace the hope and the love um, but without joy <laughs> I don't think we're understanding just what's you know, what's been afforded us, what's been given to us. So I wish you all the joy of the season. I, I pray that your Christmas will be one of, of incarnation where you really uh, are able to understand more deeply than ever before this uh, miracle we call Christmas, where God came down to save his people by becoming incarnated in the person of Jesus and that you are able to share this with all of the ones you love and perhaps uh, love some new people as well. Merry Christmas, everybody. And God bless us, everyone.